coming at you with another episode of Thirsty Thursday. How the hell is everybody doing? My name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the grass factor, Martin. Um, I apologize in advance. Uh, it, I'm going to steal DeMay's line. DeMay, when he hopped on here earlier, he said, it has been a long week. And you know what? It has been a long week. And uh, and so, you know what we're going to do this week? We're going to do a call-in show. One, we want to talk to people. Two, uh, what the hell? Why not? Why not? Uh, and a couple of things. And I want to I get this out. Actually, it's going to take me a second to get to this. So, in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to Ray Ito. Ray, how the hell are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Doing great. I mean, it has not been a horrible week for me. And uh, thanks a lot for that Soker and Eximo, Matt, because I have somebody that I'm working on where his soil, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a little, uh, an inter- interesting little project you got going on there. Well, I, I already warned him uh, that I'm going to start him off with the Exmo and the, and the Socor. Then I'm going to have to redo his irrigation system. <laughs> and after that, it is sulfur and citric acid. And because, that's where the fun begins. Yeah, because the soil, I mean, or I may get desperate and uh, order up four gallons of sulfuric and just get it done. Yeah, I would say that would get it done. Uh, And for everybody playing along at home, uh, Ray and myself are going to give you a little caveat. Before you start playing with sulfuric acid, please understand that concentrated sulfuric acid, when mixed with water, is an exothermic reaction. It will boil, it will bubble. It will splash on you. It'll burn holes in you. It'll burn holes in your clothes. Um, and uh, I don't think sulfuric acid will set your gloves on fire, but, uh, you know, it's nothing oh, it, to be it, taken lightly or played with, right? So, no, uh, this, no, I mean, that's going to be our lesson of the day. Yes, that's going to be our, our PSA here. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on. Actually, I'm going to have a second lesson here, and this is going to be for uh, uh, DS. And uh, oh hell, I tell you what, Jay Pink, are you in a position where if I send you a, uh, a screen yeah. grab, you can throw it up on the screen? Okay. So DS is a pest and lawn ginger fan, who, and he did mm-hmm. not take too kindly to um, our comments that we had on the lawn ginger, uh, specifically the hey. video that said, uh, ginger goes to jail. No, not for domestic violence. Like we thought. Oh, hey, hey, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm late. Uh, I was okay? actually down at, I was down at KFC picking up some dinner and I ran into Colonel Sanders. He stopped me and he seemed kind of sad. And I said, Hey man, what's up? What's going on? And he said, well, they're not going to let me do the commercials anymore. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, they want me to change the line from finger looking good to toe looking good. Otherwise, Ariana Grande <laughs> is going to become the spokesperson for KFC. And I said, dude, that's a bad deal. Don't do it. But he was getting ready to lay down on the floor and lick his toes. So I don't know what happened, but I got he, out of there. 
in the that's the best. That is the best. Um, so DS says here, uh, it is not your right to go after Jinja for his opinion of what to use. Uh, so that was mistake number one, because listen, I'm very aware of what my rights are, and it is 100% my right to be um, a dickhead. Hey, I also learned from DS's comment that, uh, I don't know, he must have took health class in a different school, but Matt, Apparently, even with all the testosterone and other uh, treatments that you're taking right now, your penis is only 23,000 subscribers big. I learned that. He wants to have that a is, that, that is uh, apparently the, the, uh, uh, part, of the, part of the new Inflation Reduction Act is, is going to be <laughs> uh, now measuring your social credit score against your, uh, the size of your member. And uh, that's actually, actually going to help you, determine what you pay in inflation. You actually quadruple that, and you can get the number of IRS agents hired. But it's- <laughs> and oh my God, can we watch? Oh, never mind. We'll do it off the air. We'll, later. we'll do it uh, later. We'll yeah, do it. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a that's a Sunday pre-show kind of thing. There. Uh, we'll take a look at this next one here, and uh, and he again tells me I do not bash people for their opinion. And uh, and it was fascinating to me, and I probably shouldn't be giving this guy airtime. Uh, uh, is is that he? I love it when people make demands on what I can and can't do. It's a strange thing, and, it, and it's a it's a certain set of of uh, ignorance mixed with uh, with balls. And in some instances, I respect the balls that this guy has that he firmly believes that he can tell me what I need to do. Like, this is what you need to do. What I'm saying is do not bash people for their opinion on what to use on killing certain weeds. I watch you for the knowledge you have on chemical, not to hear any bashing. First off, I'm allowed to have whatever opinion I damn well please. Uh, Second of all, if I interact with you online, I'll gladly take your criticism. If you're a member of the patron Patreon, I'll gladly take your criticism. If I feel like I know you, we talk on the Discord, we talk somewhere, I see your name around, I'll value your opinion 100%. I've never heard from DS ever before, and it, and it, it could stand for dipshit, for all I know. <laughs> and so when you tell me exactly what I need to do, and then when I reply, you don't even read my reply. He says, I'm not saying you're a bad person. Where in my fucking reply did I pretend or even insinuate that I I interpret his comment to call me a bad person? I could care less, DS, what your opinion of me is. Not a fucking iota what your opinion is of me. And in that same iota, I couldn't care less what you want me to do with the YouTube channel because I don't fucking know you. I do not know you. I do not think. You thought that I'm a bad person because I don't care. I will not respect Jinja's, who you call the ninja, opinion. 100%. His opinion on using MSMA is a shit take, and I'm not going to support it. I'm going to call him a scumbag. I don't like the way he handled his kid in that situation. I'll call him a serial domestic abuser because I fucking can, allegedly. You're right. I'm not in the lawn business anymore. But you know what? I grew more than one fucking lawn business to over a million dollars in revenue. What have you done? 
What have you fucking done? I can disagree and bash whoever the fuck I want because I live in fucking America. So you DS should change it to DN and suck on D's nuts. Get the fuck off my screen. All right, I got that out of the way. Hmm. <clears throat> well said. Right. You're not even in the lawn business anymore. Okay. What does it matter? He's, then he, he starts bringing up Carbon X. What about Carbon X? Your company went out of business. No fucking shit. You don't think I live that, motherfucker? You don't think I live that? <laughs> I still live that, and it's been two fucking years. Go to hell. <laughs> I should have replied and been like, you can't bash me for Carbon X because it, dro- it got driven into the ground. You can't bash me for that. I'm here for, mm-hmm. for your knowledge. You dance, monkey, when I say dance, for your knowledge, you don't tell me Carbon X is bad. Caller, who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? I'm in a great mood today. <laughs> hey, what's going on? This is Tanner Moore. Oh, Tanner, Tanner Moore. Moore. Long-time listener, oh, first-time man. caller. Welcome yeah, to the dark yeah. side. So what's going on? <laughs> Well, Tanner, man, I'm just, it's been a, I'm peachy over yeah, here. Yeah. Matt, 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 <laughs> Matt's ready here? to run through a brick wall and raise ready to not watch Ariana Grande lick her feet. And I'm ready. To, <laughs> I, I, I'm ready to get one. I get one more day, man. And I cross the finish line, a couple of big projects and I cannot wait. So excited. I oh. am planning on feeding on September 1st. So okay. I am quite uh eating myself all right so where where are you tanner i am cincinnati well technically northern kentucky oh thank you for clarifying that thank you for clarifying i was gonna say that is one of the worst cities in our great union (laughs) pittsburgh (laughs) is way up there uh cincinnati is somewhere in that same general blast zone the collateral damage of Pittsburgh is so extreme. It 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 sucked Cincinnati into the wormhole. I'm just teasing. You have to ignore Actually, me. I am in rare form today. I, mean, I apologize, uh, Tanner. It, it all floated. It all floated down the Ohio River. Walt pools because they're yellow. <laughs> all right. So so Tanner, what kind of seed project are we doing here? Are we doing some overseeding? Are we doing a? a are you spraying it out and starting over? What are we working with? We. All right, so we, we've talked in the Discord. Um, so we had some quack grass uh, back in, I mean, so I just moved into this house um, this spring. Realized I was not, I was going to just treat the yard like dog shit. Just absolutely just get everything out of it, you know, invasive, completely sure. just strong rates of everything that I had, you know. Well, I noticed we had some quack grass. Um, you guys told me to put down the soul stealer. Uh, good old dog Villa sent me some fusillade uh, to <laughs> mix up. And so we we fucking nuked the quack grass. That seemed to <laughs> go far away. <clears throat> but uh yeah so we started spot spraying in like july 2nd or something 
Um, so I had basically holes all over the yard, which I was completely fine with because I knew that, you know, come September 1st, you know, I got, I got, uh, I got a 50 pound bag of 365, um, a 50 pound bag of, uh, of the lateral spread perennial ryegrass. Um, okay. a 25 pound bag of Falcon four. 25-pound bag of fourth millennium. Mm. Um, Are you going to put all these down? Are we making a cat? Valkyrie, yeah. What what was the last one you just said? Valkyrie, Valkyrie. Valkyrie? Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Valkyrie, Um, Uh And I think that's... I got some top choice, uh, a 20-pound bag of a top choice uh, fescue blend. Pippernil? Reason, I'm oh, oh fescue, fescue blend on the backyard. Fescue blend, yeah. Not mole crickets. Yeah. Not mole crickets. Yeah, I was like, fire ants? What? What are we doing? Mm. Mole yeah. crickets? Uh, so <laughs> what? I, and so one right, of, so, one of the questions I was going to bring up is seed cover, like uh, or not yes. on this hillside that I got? No, it's only about five hundred square feet. I was going to do tall fescue on it, non-irrigated. Um, I bought some uh, burlap sack I was going to use as seed cover, maybe like for four days, maybe, and maybe oh. take it off. You know, just the... Uh, I thought you were talking about the, the seed aid, uh, like expanding uh, paper pellets. But you're you're talking about actually actually doing like a real seed cover job here. Yeah, yeah. So I ordered it was about six hundred square feet of uh burlap sack that I ordered um for the five hundred square foot section, just because of the hillside I don't want to wash out. Um, sure. But I'm trying to figure out what what I want to do on ratio of that blend but also i'm trying to figure out what i want to do on the ratio for the front yard because i was going to do some sort of like low cut like one inch to three quarters of an inch um and i have that perennial ryegrass with the 365 ss um mountain view Mm. seeds suggest that that for the putting greens on that lateral spread, you sow at twenty to thirty pounds per thousand. What? Putting That's greens what they're with lateral spread rye. Yeah. Is there like a fact sheet or something on this? I've n- yeah yeah, yeah uh... that's on their that's on their fact sheet. All right, I gotta see this. So, yeah, yeah, hang on, hang, hang on. We are, we are going down in here because this is. Uh, I'll call my boy. I'll call my boy on the air from Mountain View right now. I'll wake him up in Atlanta. I'll Which LS uh, ryegrass is it? Do you know? It's it's actually lateral spread brand. Lateral spread what? Lateral spread brand. ryegrass. That's lateral spread. Lateral spread brand. Lateral spread ryegrass. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to see a little Facebook. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, sure. Okay, let's go back here. Hang on. Well, yeah, let's let's see if we can hunt this down. In the meantime, 
I'm going to send a text. Yeah, because we'll uh, oh, here it is. Lateral spread brand. Okay, I found it. I found it. All right. So, did you find it, Demay? I did not. Nope. Okay, here. I am going to send this, and we can throw it up on the screen, and all take a look at this together. Uh, yeah. Research trial by fire. You gotta love that. Uh, seating and overseating. So yeah, look at this. Uh, we have for typical new seating applications, apply at a rate of five to seven pounds per thousand square feet. Periodic reseating at three to five pounds per thousand square feet maintains density for visual appearance and durability. For overseating dormant. Warm season grasses at a rate of 30 to 40 pounds per thousand square feet is suggested for golf course greens. They're talking about overseeding like Bermuda Yeah, but we're talking yeah. about when Bermuda goes dormant, so like Tiff Eagle. And uh, a lot of times you're not going to be playing on that particular green when it reaches that level of, of – uh, a lot of times you'll see it covered and they switch greens. Some of them try to keep it open, and you're and, and you know chances are that's not going to be a fun green to play I don't on. Think anybody's overseeding Bermuda on green or this on the greens either. That seems weird. I think they mean fairways or something. There's no way a golf course is overseeding a. a I would never ever ever oversee Tiff Eagle with perennial ryegrass. I mean that is suicide. That is literally uh, putting your job resume in. And hoping you get hired somewhere else before they find out what you did where you currently work. <laughs> uh, 30 to 40 pounds. Let me tell you this. Uh, it, that on uh, that rate is so high. Um, that's me, I, that's I would that not even do that on a baseball field. Like uh, I've done field program. Yes, I've done oh, some sure. 25 pushing 30 pounds per thousand of of on on some baseball fields and let me tell you the damage that that ends up doing the next season and, and this is oh. overseeding overseeding warm season grass i mean it is brutal absolutely brutal so um i if if you're looking at incorporating this in combination with everything else you said so we're talking a three-way fescue or shit you said no, 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 you no. got no not on the front yard not on the front yard. I was going to go low. I wasn't going to do any fescue on the front yard because I was going to do low, uh, lower cut. So I was going to do a blend of the lateral spread, uh, perennial rye, and 365 SS. Kentucky okay. Blue. All right. So then if you're going to do that and you're don't mix them together, don't try to do that. Just do two separate seedings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go out at about, you want to go about, uh, uh, 90 to hundred pounds an acre. So like, uh, two, like two, two and a half pounds per thousand roughly, uh, on your bluegrass, right? This is coated or uncoated by the way. Uncoated. Uncoated. Okay, yeah. Two, two and a half pounds on the bluegrass. Come back over top of that with your ryegrass. Make sure, make sure that you get your bluegrass down in the soil. Do not just spread it on top and oh, expect yeah. it to grow. Okay? Yeah. Out of track, so I have... End. And then that kind of leads me to another question. Make, I'm, right. I'm really worried that I have maybe stirred up some weed seeds. 
because I have lightly tilled the top one inch layer of the entire yard. Um, you tilled I'm it? starting to, yeah, Ooh. just electric tiller, just to, just to get my soil loosened up. Raise about ready to light pretty... a joint. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ray's gonna light a joint. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Go. All right. So, so you tilt that up? Why? Because it's just a little uneven, or what? Well, yeah, that's that's for damn sure. Um, I knew that. You know, it it was just so bumpy. They had brand new um, cable lines put in that were all jacked up. I put drains in on both sides of the house. Um, because when I moved in, it was like a swamp on both sides. You know, we can't have that because I need to mow. <clears throat> so put in drains and I, I basically tilled to kind of even out and get that soil back into the ditches, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, now I'm like looking back on it and I'm like, man, I'm seeing a bunch of nuts edge because, you know, I've been following, um, which I really haven't had the water because there's so much, we've been getting so much rain, but I'm starting mm -hmm. to see some nuts that come up and I'm like, man, you know, I just hit it with, you know, like the max rate of sedgehammer, hella severe on um, probably four weeks ago, you know, and mm -hmm. it killed all the existing nuts edge that was popped up, but, now I'm like, shit, you know. And for some reason, glyphosate yeah. does not, like, even touch this nuts edge. No. It does I, not. No. no. No, glyphosate will never touch no. nuts edge, ever. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Except concentrate. I'm, like, like undiluted. two weeks <laughs> out from seeding. Uh, spray it with sedge hammer and glyphosate. Well, yeah. Spray it with yeah. a sedge hammer. Just, yeah. uh, just do it. Uh, please don't be do it now. paralyzed yeah. by trying to yeah. overthink this. Uh, you know, just uh, try to eradicate that nut sedge as best as you can right now because I can speak from experience. Failure to try to control nut sedge before seeding or Plant, otherwise it's trying to establish grass uh then makes your growing miserable yeah, yeah i mean we they did a uh a little applied study at ohio state like i don't know maybe three four years ago where they were looking at uh the intervals that are on labels right so like if i make a um uh a three-way application the day like like seven days before the day of and seven days after each of those like what after happens seating. and after seeding yeah and so the the it's funny is that the uh uh the the halo self you're on plots that were at zero and seven days were easily the ones that were the most beat up and i mean they they applied uh dithiopere dimension they applied tenacity uh like trimax standard three-way uh what was the other one? Uh, Ray. I can't think of it right now. But anyway, 
just basic stuff, right? And without question, the Halo Sulfuron was like the hardest on it at zero and seven days after seeding. So uh, I would treat it now. You know, the label calls for two weeks, yep. right? Reseeding on perennial ryegrass. So, uh, yep. you know, I, I think it'd be fine. My plan at this point, if I were you, is make one final treatment. Go ahead and make your Halo Sulfuron app. Go ahead and mix in uh, uh, glyphosate at like a 3 or 4% solution. Go ahead and send that with uh, non-antibiotic surfactant. And then follow that up one week later here. So you're going to be about one week or so out from seed with another glyphosate app. Just to make sure that you yep. get everything knocked down. And then go ahead and send your seed there on or about September 1st. And when you do that, please do your bluegrass first. Make sure that it is down in uh, the soil as best as possible. So, uh, you know... Uh, Make sure that you're making some type of a slit. You're making some type of indentation, dimple, yeah. something like that, and then rolling or crimping that in uh, to make sure it's got good seed to soil contact. Make sure it's not too deep, though. About an eighth of an inch is all we're looking for in Kentucky bluegrass. So make sure you're even at two, two and a half pounds. Come back over the top with uh, your ryegrass, your lateral spread ryegrass. I'd be looking at a rate somewhere uh, no higher than five pounds per thousand, probably. Uh, in that range, and that's going to get your seed counts pretty darn close uh, to where you would like to be. Because in a blue rye stand, if we go anything more than about 20% rye, you're pissing in the wind. Uh, anybody that tries to sell 50-50 blue rye is uh, just trying to sell seed and or it's a quick cover, uh, short, short-term, long-term solution, like on an athletic field or something like that. It's bullshit for a general lawn. Yeah. Don't ever use it. Don't ever buy it. So 80-20, 85-15. Maybe up to 90-10. If you do it right and you have good quality bluegrass, uh, I don't care about the lateral spread or any of that other bullshit. The ryegrass will be gone in five years if you know how to grow bluegrass. Yeah. So, well, um, and that's, that's mainly why I want, you know, because, you know, Kentucky bluegrass takes forever to establish, but I want grass now, too. So uh, it's it's uh, if you If you treat it right and if you seed it right and do the right things, I mean... It's, and I mean, it's all, I got, it's I all about how you plant it. With this 365 SS, because I've done some, some, you know, what, some planters, and I mean, this stuff germinates in seven days. Like, well, like okay. Quick. Here's the thing. I, I I agree with that, and I I when people say that, it's a great marketing tactic, and uh, and I'll I'll agree with you 100. percent It germinates fast, right? But you know what? You go to the sorority house and you come fast. You're not going to be anybody's best friend, boyfriend, or husband. That's for damn sure. Okay. <laughs> so the point here is what do you do after that seven days? You know, that stuff's going to come up. It's going to sit there and not do anything and look like it's just sitting there and it's going to grow a little bit and do nothing. So just like going to the sorority house, it ain't about the first time, right? It's about that refractory period and how you treat her after that. So <laughs> be kind, <laughs> take good care of her, and be in it for the long haul. All right, sir? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all right well we appreciate your call and uh good luck with your with your project let us know of course share share some pictures throughout the uh the course of the pro uh process so uh we can we can i i specifically I want to keep on. an eye on that on that uh on that ls perennial rye i'm curious i'm Please. curious what you think yeah yeah all right man all right, all right big dog in, you have a good evening sir all right you too all right, take, take care, care, man. J Pink, can you the show project? us a picture of what project of what Ray of what Ray looks like when somebody 
God, that was funny about. as shit. I it, I did not see it at first. Debase <laughs> <laughs> caption. Somebody says chilling. <laughs> Say it. my cat? Say it. Oh, Say I'm... your caption. What, oh, what was Hang my, on. Let me see. One second, caller. When somebody mentions chilling the front yard to Ray. <laughs> Ray takes Ray Call takes her. that that takes that heater in two two rips. All right, Paul, you're live. <laughs> Who do we have the pleasure of speaking to? My question is for DS uh, and also speaking Ruben. Of, speaking of, does he really speaking think this of a, is a of a rip, PG rated show? Do you what, uh, speaking of somebody who could take down uh, a, a heater, heater in two rips? Two rips <laughs> this is your fucking yes, <laughs> literally, literally. This you know what? Charles... They, they, like, McConaughey, McConaughey is... couldn't do it, so they were like, "All right, Chuck, Chuck Beebe, get over, get over here. You're gonna be you're gonna be coaching up Matthew on how to rip this sig in two hits." <laughs> <laughs> and every time Matthew did it in three, he made him get down and do bear crawls all the way across the set back, <laughs> spit in his face. Took it, 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 it. I think it was stay about what, what, what was it, Ch- Charles? Yeah, yeah. Stay hard. Goggins was there too. What do you think it was, Charles? Do you think it was like about a carton and a half before Matthew finally got his shit together? Do what now? He got so scared he left. Oh, <laughs> Wow. No, I went down a hill and uh, I lost like half of that shit. Oh, good. Uh, well, you had you had a comment for who? These nuts? Uh, DS and Ruben. What the fuck do they think this is? A fucking goddamn PBS fucking goddamn show to tell you? <laughs> oh, oh, this is how you do your grass. Uh, I, 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 I didn't have any issue with with Ruben's comment. I thought he was polite. Um. You know, I was like, okay, fair I, take. That's I, that's I, your I that's your opinion, man. Uh, yeah, I saw your reply. Yeah, I was like, movies. wow, that is <laughs> good lord. That is nice. That was really kind. That's why. Uh, that's uh, why I'll be the president. And you'll be the chief of staff, Matt. You're you're in the behind the scenes. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> I cannot interact with the public. So I get him back yeah, in man, the closet. I do not know how you come get up him with back that in the closet. Uh. Lord but yeah, I was uh, I was not happy about DS. Uh, what, a, no, what a terrible no. name! And by the way, I already found out who he is. Um, his last name is Stromberg, <laughs> by the way. What uh, is his last name? Karen? Yes. No, Stromberg. His last name is Stromberg. <laughs> his first name His first name starts with a D, and uh, and so anyway, you know, I did my due diligence. <laughs> I did my due diligence. No, it's good. It's let's, been handled. Everything's fine. Let's. This is let's good. Not Matt, is fucking, Matt is the Liam Neeson of. Uh, yeah, let's not dox him. All right. What what oh, what's going kidding. on? His name is in, not uh, what, yes, What is. is going on in South Carolina? Meth. Uh, let's see. We are getting places that I know are getting rain daily. We got places that are getting rain body, and we got places that. Fuck you! What the hell is rain? <laughs> so I, I am running a legit limited like I gotta run my routes and go okay mow this one mow this one mow this one mow this one skip the next seven mow this one skip two more mow this one <laughs> and it's we need rain like worse than lushy right now 
Ooh, that's a hot take. <laughs> wait, wait, what did he say? He said they need rain worse than Lushy. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't either. That's that's spicy, BB. I don't know. That I mean, is spicy. We have Bermuda and Georgia that are already checked out dormant. Okay. So. Okay. okay. What about it? Should we come back? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have not seen that in probably five, ten years. Uh. I don't know what Man. to tell you. I mean, th- look here, and the reason why I would say Lushy needs more than you do is that when it does rain, yours is going to come back. Uh, when it when it begins to rain in Massachusetts, nothing's going to come back except for the seed that has gone down. So, listen, yep. don't but forget again, that we have the competitive ball. advantage in the South of never having to really worry about dead grass unless we have an ice storm. If you want to argue that we have ice storms and it smokes everything and it gets weird, yeah, 100%, I'll agree. But when it comes to drought, heat, all that fun stuff, we are we're doing okay. Like uh we don't we don't have to worry about the same things that those guys worry about. What about like, our non-irrigated fescues? Well, it's gone. Oh. Bye. It's like growing fescue in Texas. Jason Jason Trailer just mentioned Texas is worse. No, without a doubt, Texas is worse. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh, grow that, tall fescue in Texas. Work. I sure shit wouldn't grow tall fescue in, uh, in, in South Carolina either. And I'm the dumbass that wants to go, damn, grow bent down here in South Carolina. BB, <laughs> listen, there's a time <laughs> oh, and a place to drink. And when it comes to choosing grass types, it is not the appropriate time. If bent is what you have going on in your rattled brain. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> No, do I, not do I that. I want to FAFO with some bent. Oh, g- g- go ahead, go ahead. Three weeks into it, you're gonna you're gonna have FO'd a lot. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. where the hell were you on my thirsty Thursday? Uh, probably sweating my nuts off. Yeah. Probably so. I'm come, I'm gonna come visit you one day. Do it. Wait, whenever whenever you want. Seriously, come on up and uh, and you know we'll we'll make we'll make the best out of it. It'll be a good time. I was I was I was showing the boys a picture earlier of me today, which is which is funny, uh, because I was wearing a damn I was wearing a carboner shirt today. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Satan, oh nice, it was it was nice, and uh, but but boy, it was uh, it was brutal. It was it was threw everybody in there. It was a tough day. It was a tough day. Yeah, I mean. Uh... It looked more like uh, you were uh, part of uh, Pablo Escobar's crew. crew. You damn right. <laughs> listen, listen. There is a reason why uh, I'm not allowed back in Miami anymore, and we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I believe I believe it's, it's not actually Kana, been, uh, is it? it? It's actually been uh, increased to all of South Florida. Um, you're not allowed anywhere, anywhere near the tip of Florida. So, yeah, just the up keys, there in Navarre, in the in the balls swamps. area of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Florida, kind of dangles down a little bit. You know, you gotta you gotta watch. It's Florida talked to its tailor a long time ago and says, "Hey, I dress on the left." Okay, it's so weird. The guy that gave me the ID with the name Steve on it that I have to use when I'm in Florida. You know, but I I use it and it works, so I'm good. I thought it was just, I thought your ID just said uh, DS. 
<laughs> so, man, I do have a real question for you. Oh, my God. Good. No, so with you restarting the fertilization company and all that that you're doing over there. Um, no, I'm, with the community I'm not. Be that careful. We, Be careful. Okay, what okay. about it? Ma- making fertilizer. Uh-huh. Or processing fertilizer, whatever you want to call it out. Manufacturing with humidity is down here for. Okay, manufacturing. There. Te- technicality of the word. <laughs> I didn't know how to phrase it. Semantics. <laughs> um, with the humidity that we have down here in the South, like this transition zone that we have, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, sure. Do you ever see when you're bagging it or anything like that right there that you're sick? What? Wait, you cut out that when you're bagging it, Hang what out. happens? Yeah. When, when you're bagging it or when you like put it in like big totes or anything like that right there, like are you ever seeing um a shit ton of like moisture build up in it where it won't like spread and you're having like a bad batch here and there? Oh, hell yeah. So, you know, there's there's a couple things you have to so you're talking specifically blending fertilizer, okay? And I'll, and I'll designate the difference there is that when you're granulating fertilizer, where you're actually producing granules, like you're producing a granule of ammonium sulfate or you're producing a granule of urea, you know, you, you have to dry that down to a certain moisture content to slow the rate of, uh, of, of moisture absorption, right? Because it, 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 these, these are hygroscopic materials. They attract moisture out of the atmosphere. And so right. you have so to be I very... Did- like today, into that and dry it down after this. But when you when you blend fertilizer, not only do you have to be cognizant of uh, how long the materials are in contact with one another. So, for instance, if I were to take ammonium nitrate, ammonium sulfate, urea, and potassium nitrate and blend all of those, and all of those being relatively hygroscopic materials. And I did not get that into something that was sealed after they were in contact with one another at 70% relative humidity within half an hour. That would be a solid mass uh, at about the one hour mark. So you've got about 30 minutes from the time it comes in contact with one another to get it into a bag sealed. Otherwise it will turn into a solid block. Now, you you start removing some of those and it increases the length of time. So for instance, you know, with just straight urea at 70% humidity, you probably have two hours, right? And so if you're working off a one ton batch, say, say you blend one ton of fertilizer and you're going to bag it, then, you know, from the time that all that material comes in contact with one another till the time it's in a bag, you need to get that done in about a three hour window. And one ton in three hours no. is very... Now, Very possible with, to do. with that right there, are we talking 50-pound bags, 40-pound bags, or are we talking the full one-ton, like, If you're going to put it in a super sack, you, use, you, like, you, if you put it in a super yeah. sack, a one-ton super sack, you have to cover it, like, immediately. You can't you can't just let that open air to the atmosphere just sit and chill. It is, urea is so hygroscopic. So I, I I'll one, give you an example. I had one blended for me. Okay, let me Did give I, you an example real quick. Hang on. This is a fun fact. So when Carbon Earth started, one of the ingredients that we were blending with was Ametis, right? From Yara Vera. Oh, Yara Vera oh, Ametis. 
Amidas was brought in by uh, on a 22-ton 20, dump, dump bed, right? And they would dump 22 tons. And we had a bin that we kept it in. And if you've ever seen a fertilizer blending plant, you build these bins that are that are covered you know that are separated by block walls and then usually you'll use some some piece of plywood or something so you can get your front end loader in there and scoop it up run it through a screen and then and then go blend with it right well there's a problem with amitas amitas was 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 relatively new to the united states and uh especially in bulk this is one of their first vessels they had unloaded there and uh at uh at uh port in tampa and so they start start sending it up to us and we put it into the bay and you work off that truckload that day and you come back the next day and say you had like 15 tons sitting there. Well, unfortunately, what you found was that there was about two and a half inches of water of, of pure urea ammonium sulfate uh, sludge in that bay. And about 50% of your pile of amitas was gone where it had literally absorbed atmospheric moisture and dissolved and was now sitting in a puddle on the ground. So seven tons, seven tons in a 24-hour period at a relatively high relative humidity had completely turned into liquid goo on the ground. So my point there is that with every one of these inputs, you have to be very, very, very fucking careful with each of them, how you store it, how you blend with it, all that, because they all have their own different set of characteristics. Yeah, so this morning, 7.30 a.m., I had one blended just for me for the um, project, uh, the TCI project that I'm working on. We, 30-minute drive up there. I get there, I dump on a three five gallon buckets, do a test run, nothing spreads. Everything's done clumped together. What what is the analysis? What? What's the analysis? It was basically a one it was a one one one. Okay. All right. So here's here's so, probably so the I was running basically a triple seventeen on a seating. Is either the urea they used or the potash they used, I will say this map or DAP is usually pretty stable to atmospheric moisture. Um, either the urea and here's another thing that can happen too. Sometimes these storage bins leak, leak water when it rains, um, depending on the type of material they have on the ceiling, it may accumulate moisture and drip off of it. I've seen that before because right used to, uh, uh, you know, the, the, when, when we built carbon earth, we built carbon earth in a clear span building. And one of the things they talked about was, uh, it did actually a good job at preventing buildup of dew, uh, on the surfaces. Um, you know, you know, in the morning, you know, it's real humid outside. A lot of times you would get water condensation build up on the, uh, I said dew, but it's condensation that would build up on the roof and it would drip on everything. And if you got, live wires or whatever in there, you know, it gets to be a hazard. But the problem is, the problem is, is that if you have raw material in, uh, say like a hopper that you're storing it, you know, overnight because, you know, you didn't run out that ton or whatever. And then you go into the next morning and that condensation that is formed on the inside of the roof starts dripping because it's not in a climate controlled environment. There's no, there's no outgoing fans in there or whatever the case may be, just high relative humidity in general. 
it could be dripping into that. And so you're already blending with a wet input to start the day. And that's a problem. Now, there's some things you can do to mitigate that. Uh, like the most common thing people will do is actually add diatomaceous earth. There's probably only a handful of fertilizer blenders in America that does not keep diatomaceous earth for that specific reason. And there's probably people out West who are in, you know, areas that never see rain where they could probably blend fertilizer outdoors and never have a problem because they never see rain. Um, but for everybody else in the rest of the world, you'll see 20 pound bags of diatomaceous earth laying around and they'll dump two or three pounds in a ton of fertilizer when they blend it just to help with the moisture issue. I got another one for I you. I think they've done that with the I think they've done that with the truck, but I don't know that if they actually done that with the uh tote that I had. It happens sometimes. Uh, the trucks The truck come out, the truck spread where I knew I wasn't gonna run the uh big Z sprays for tight areas with the irrigation and everything. And then I I was five-gallon bucket out of the tote into the Z-sprays. And every time I would sit there, I'd see rocks. I'd pick them up, pick them up, pick them up, pick them up. And I'm sitting there and like, my hand was toted with like this toting of fucking water from just mm-hmm. the humidity that we were having that day. Like today, like humidity was fucking ungodly. Yep, that is totally normal, and you know that's that's part of the fertilizer world in the South, unfortunately. Also in Hawaii, in <laughs> fact, a lot of the stuff that comes to Hawaii is often coated in wax. Mm-hmm. You know, things like uh, urea or AMS, unless it's uh, solution grade, every prill is literally dipped in wax. Yeah, Armaz, A-R-M-A-Z, is probably the largest uh, supplier to the fertilizer industry of various coatings to help with hygroscopicity. Um, And they've got a metric shitload of various things that you can put on on prills. And a lot of it comes down to how much do you want to spend, uh, how long do you need it to store for? Are you going to be storing it in a in a closed silo or an open open air bin? Uh, and and so there's there's tons and tons of different options that Armaz uh, Armaz is actually the one who developed the wax coating for that's on Amidas now um, that increases its storability because unfortunately when it first arrived in the United States you could not store Amidas at all. No matter where you lived, if you had ten percent humidity, you could not store amitas. You can Holy now. Shit. Holy shit, Dennis really? Page! Thank you, sir. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! What else? What do you got? What do you got for me, BB? Speaking um, my language. <laughs> <laughs> Well, damn, if I'd have known this, I'd have took notes and prepared for you since you weren't on my Thirsty Thursday show, you know, you happy little <laughs> leprechaun. <laughs> but don't worry, I'll have plenty uh, of notes for uh, GIE. I'm the, uh, I'm, the, I'm the only six foot four leprechaun in America and damn proud of it. <laughs> and that's why we love you. <laughs> All right, sir, you have a fantastic evening. Good luck out there and have fun trying to spread that, by the way. Uh, yeah. because it's it's oh, gonna be I nice did. I spent three and a half fucking goddamn hours. 
that should have been with a the, hour and a half job with the uh, with the with the gate wide open and going about 13 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> throw to throw feather that oh, it shit was, in no no it I've was there, gate dude. wide open cranked it up bg85 blowing it down I'll tell you one one thing I I did uh, what the hell it was uh, I I just duct taped before I had this on the uh, on the steel green I duct taped like a grade eight like three eighths by four inch bolt right to the little spinner that's got that fucking like half ass yeah uh, yeah yeah powder yeah, pin yeah. on it oh yeah that was the ticket <laughs> it was like, going around, like it was spinning around like a flaccid penis inside that fucking hopper <laughs> <laughs> all right well, that next time. have a good night stay out of jail if you go to jail right. we'll bail you out we love you we'll bail you out yeah that's true love y'all too appreciate it all right we'll see you uh bb is eloquent he's very eloquent that is that is if old chuck there is the stereotypical lawn guy and 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 i don't mean by necessarily like how he manages lawns i'm saying like his crassness uh that is <laughs> i mean that is that is the lawn guy that when you run into at like site one or something immediately i'm telling you for everybody out there if you run into a guy and he talks to you that way, you need to friend that guy immediately because that, that, that guy is going to be an ally and he's going to be in your corner. And you know what? You ever get into a shitty situation, that'll be the guy that takes a shirt off for you. I'm just saying. I've been doing this for a long damn time. I'm telling you, if somebody starts talking to you that way, they're good people. <laughs> 304-804-7-ASS. That's 304-80-GRASS. That is 304-804-7477. Uh, Give us a call. If not, you don't have to. You can throw uh you can throw it up in the chat. I saw just, Telly Coleman asked a question about uh, would would he recommend Celsius versus uh Celsius Extra? And let me tell you why I would never recommend Celsius Extra because <laughs> Celsius Extra is the dumbest take on an herbicide I have ever seen. I mean, this is the laziest. Bayer approach I have ever seen. It is reduced rate Celsius with a little bit of halosulfuron in it, uh, except they have, what is it? The, the carbazone, iodosulfuron, and they left out the other one, whatever, whatever it was. I can't remember. And then, and then threw in a splash of halosulfuron in it. Celsius extra is trash. Roll your own halosulfuron if you need sedge control or, or use your own uh, sulfentrazone. Do not, do not buy Celsius Extra, please. Uh, I well, I don't know why they hung up. That was that was no. We the the caller that made it in is still, oh oh oh, was, oh oh oh. Justin was too slow, so oh, he Justin. was trying to beep in. He tried, Justin, but he was too slow. Someone beat him. He's cross-eyed right now. Uh, it is it is as it it is dumber in my opinion it is dumber than surge or dismiss NXT and I and I hate both of those herbicides as well too. Um, I mean, just in my opinion, that is a an herbicide manufacturer just completely pretending like you are the dumbest piece of shit I on the think, face of this planet. I I think great content would be an fooled extended, you, buddy. Extended, you know Jono's what? Turf. 
an extended JoJo's turf on actually the dumbest fucking sides in turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt. Okay, here's a little bit of in- inside baseball, though. Okay. You know that Celsius, that Celsius Extra was entirely political. Oh, really? It was entirely political because of the heat coming down on Dicamba. Dicamba. I should have okay, that, that, oh, that, that, that is why. I mean, they thought, what, what can we yank out and what can we add that would say that this is this still has value but to me i i was telling my my one of my friends if up to me i would gladly buy a celsius product that left out the hell to sulfuron and left out the dicamba because you know what the dicamba part of celsius was never of any merit or value to me anyway you know that it was never of any value to me. You know, I think they did that to to try and uh, justify buttonweed on the label. Uh, is my opinion on that. Um, mm-hmm. because, but it, it it was never great on Lespedeza. It was never great on Spurge. It was never great on on buttonweed. You know, you had to have a real uh phenoxy herbicide kicker in order in order to 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 maximize your control on that so Actually, i'm with you there you know I, my, I felt like it was it was you know what a, my kicker was, a, was for uh for celsius if i'm huh. using it for a combined grassy weed and broadleaf weed situation what's that my kicker for it was always uh on missile which is a good which is good um I mean that's a that's a hell of a hop wallop there, without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> caller, who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Hey guys, hey Zach Holbert from Greencastle here in Utah. What is going on? Who 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 is this? I heard heard Green Green Capital in Utah. Yeah, Zach Zach Holbert from Greencastle. Ah, oh, Zach, what's going on, dude? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Man, another day Great. in paradise. Happy to be alive. Right, for the most part. <laughs> Sometimes. I have tons of questions for you guys, but I will try to keep it. I'll, I'll, I'll go as long as you can. Lay it on. No, you're Lay good. It Bring it on. <laughs> this might be more for Ray. I've I've been applying sulfur to my lawn, and I think I've emailed, I think I, uh, in my question for citric acid to you a week or two ago, and I've already noticed differences. But is it too much to do a sulfur application citrus acid at the same time? Nope. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I almost expect people to apply both at the same time because when you're dealing with a very alkaline soil, the reality is is that unless your pH is temporarily reduced by the citric acid, the sulfur is not very helpful to you because there is something about the sulfobacter bacteria where those bacteria are not particularly active and effective in high pH soils. Go figure. Right. Well, it's Go amazing. Figure. I so, Go ahead, Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in other words, when somebody is trying to apply, you know, 
the granulated sulfur to their lawn, I almost want them to apply that pound of citric acid per thousand square foot that exact same day that they applied the sulfur. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. what about a like a, uh, a sulfur application with like ammonium sulfate or nitrate at the same time? That is a very limited benefit. It's limited because here's the thing about using ammonium sulfate or ammonium nitrate. Again, the only time I've seen ammonium sulfate or ammonium nitrate drive down soil pH is when the soil is already at or below 6.5 or lower. Then I've seen people actually do bad things to their soil when their pH is already low. But then when you're talking about doing it to soil where pH is over 7 and you have high available calcium, not so much. I don't count on ammonium sulfate or ammonium nitrate as an acidifier so much as I count on it as the nitrogen source for that lawn that is less likely to gas off and evaporate like how urea can hang on i am i'm let me interject there but what about using it as your primary in source in the event you need to apply in you're safe to apply that in combination with your citric acid and uh and and you're uh, you're totally safe elemental sulfur you're totally safe yeah Yeah, you're absolutely safe. i just wanted to make that clear yeah you're totally good the reason I asked you had this customer, and it's just been non-responsive as lawn all year. And I'm like, man, I've thrown everything out. And I, we pounded up a sulfur two weeks ago. And I, I texted him the other day, and I was going to, we're going to stop by tomorrow. And he's like, it's already, it's already bouncing back. I, I mean, I pounded mm-hmm. it with a 111. I pounded it with micronutrients and iron, and it, it wasn't responding. Like, my plan is maybe put a little more sulfur and a little AMS on it, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Solid, solid. Wait, how much sulfur have you applied so far? It was probably five, six pounds per thousand on his lawn. How long ago? And and how how long ago? Two weeks ago. Oh, he, I probably wouldn't hit it with Citric uh, acid. elemental sulfur uh, mm, again. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'd hold the sulfur. You'd be fine. I I probably wouldn't go with the sulfur again because that still needs a long, long, long more time to finish reacting. A lot of water. A lot of water. Yes. And he pounded the pound, and that's what I did with mine. I pounded with water. Good. Now, next question. Here's here in Utah. We don't have a ton of fungus issues, but we get necrotic ring spots. And a lot of Mm. it is me overwatering, overwatering. People keep using quick-release nitrogen like urea, and they start to see it a lot in backyards with a fence off, with vinyl fences, which drives me nuts when they don't get airflow. And I'm wondering if there's – my vendors out here says, we got nothing. We got nothing. And I didn't False. know if there's a fungus there that would work. False. Absolutely. I'll tell you what helps with, ne- with necrotic ring spot. Get your soil pH down. That's that was going to help your necrotic. Right. Well, <laughs> that, that, three, that's th- three things. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, get your get your pH down, and also take a, another look at supplementing manganese more than iron. Because do you know why I give people shit when I see them overusing iron? The reason why I give people so much shit about that is because I see the possibility of them applying so much iron that they then start to displace manganese from their grass. And by displacing the manganese, they're then inviting problems in the form of maybe you set yourself up for more NRS or summer patch. You know, just you may, because you go, chase go, that go green. Yeah. Ray, uh, uh, Demay, what were the three things you were going to say? I'm curious. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, pH, manganese, and uh, my well, punter, I was going to preface this uh, last one with the question of what is the primary uh, turf type that is being affected in these situations? Bluegrass. Definitely bluegrass. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, the, the thing that you need grass. to do. What? I'm oh, sorry. I, did I say that out loud? I was dreaming. I'm going to come down there and fucking sod your lawn with centipede. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll you're going to wake, wake up and hear this like hum of machinery, and you're going to be like, Sami, what, what, what is that? Oh, that's the donkeys and the spiders uh, you know, loading off this uh, four truckloads of centipede that just you know showed up from uh, bysod.com. <laughs> Honey, shoot me. Oh, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna pay her off so that she makes you sit there and watch. She's actually gonna at that point <laughs> duct tape you to a lawn chair, saran wrap you, Sorry. And tape your scotch tape your eyeballs, your lids up so that you have to watch the entire time. It's, all right, it's <laughs> terrible when I ask my wife to shoot me and she's like, "No, I hit all the guns." Sorry. Oh, like, <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. So okay, the, 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 waste the bullet. Don't waste the bullet. <laughs> no, no, it's no, it's only centipede, sweetheart. You love mowing the grass. All right, so um, so the the, the one of the things here with necrotic ring spot, um, is it, it the air movement's important, all that kind of stuff, but it is a soil, uh, born fungus, right? So you you got to be wary of how you're going to target, uh the signs that you see right of the rings and the uh you know the turf that is sunken and all that kind of stuff and appearance stuff was there months ago it's waiting for the right environmental conditions for itself to express and show okay so the thing that you have to understand and target and i would be very wary of the lawns that you have the most trouble with and try to target these with a few key uh, things so number one is uh if you want to beat it you got to use a fungicide uh, you can do, if you know you have pressure, especially if you're trying to get it and, and beat it back, you know, year over year, you're going to have to use the fungicide at least at first. It's going to take a long time to get your pH down to an uh, acceptable level to fight back on that front, right? So six and a half or so. And then it's going to take you a long time to get up to a critical critical value of uh, manganese, which if I remember correctly, if you go back and read... Uh, Rutgers Field Day has a lot of really good reports on this um, from their summer turf proceedings. I want to say it's like 55 parts per million. Ray, 
jump in if that doesn't sound right, but I'm pretty sure it's right around 55 parts per million. Yep. Critical 55 value. parts per on million a, and on Malik 3. And w- on Malik 3, and the way they're suggesting that is what does four ounces per thousand square foot of manganese sulfate applied at monthly intervals through the growing season mean to you? And that is, and that is in addition to whatever other fertilizers or micronutrients you apply. And your other alternative is when you decide to use a micronutrient product, I kind of recommend a more balanced product that has more than just iron in it. And I know I'm familiar with some products where they have a nice balance of iron and manganese. So you're not just applying a lot of iron. And those products to me tend to get me where I get the grass green, but I don't set myself up for another problem because I'm also supplying manganese. But even then there I am with the couple of ounces of manganese sulfate added to that. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, makes, I think that makes sense. I've been using a product for my uh, Wilbur Ellis supplier called Dynamic Iron. It's pretty well balanced. You know, it's got a good micronutrients package along with iron, and I, my customers are loving it. Hmm. In fact, I have. I can't remember the guy on the show back from uh, was in Ohio. He he was. You guys all had this discussion about using like a one app or a single app type fertilizer. And I've taken Dave. 30 or 45 of my Dave, yeah, Dave, Dave Heinlein. Dave Heinlein. Yep. Yeah. That's him. And I've actually taken 30 or 40 of my customers and put one of those one apps on it. I'm going to those same ones every five or six weeks, but I'm only, I'm not obviously pounding with any more nitrogen. I'm just putting a micronutrient and doing weed control on them. And the feedback I've, I've been getting People are loving it. We're not getting that surge of growth, you know, in April and May, and the plant, you know, growing too fast, and then, and then getting weak in the summer. As I, I think it's a steady, it's a steady growth. Okay, so on the fungicide front, there's several things to take into account. Here is you've got to get the fungicide down to the roots as quickly as possible, right? Uh, some really good work out of, I believe it was NC State uh, just a couple of years ago that talked about how irrigating immediately after versus waiting like an hour and, and the differences, right, in efficacy that they had in getting uh, active ingredient to the root, right, for uh, uptake. So in this case, uh, it's a DMI that you're going to be looking at, um, like a propiconazole, uh, a mycobutanol, things like that, right? Uh so in this case here, uh, you're looking for soil temperatures, right? 65 degrees at a two-inch depth for three consecutive days. Uh, if you can measure that in your own lawn, you'll know when to apply. I know that might be difficult with you know multiple counts and things like that, but you should be scouting and kind of keeping your, your tabs on that to make that first application. When you do that, again, try to make it in such a way that you can uh, irrigate that in immediately. One other thing that I've done with really good success uh, has been to go ahead and poke some holes right ahead of time of areas that you know are 
suspect, right? So if you have a solid tie-in aerator or something like that, uh, those were always uh, really good tools to try and you know force that uh, material down into the root zone just a little bit faster and help get it in there. But again, 65 degrees soil temperature, two inches, three days in a row. That's the time to make your app. You're going to take that and you're going to follow that app up again 21 to 28 days later with the same exact app, okay? And the same thing, trying to get it down into the root zone. At that point, it's wait and hope. You don't know whether it's going to work or whether it's not going to work until you get into uh, situations uh, like you're in now weather-wise and see what happens. But I, I guarantee you that you'll see greater efficacy if you get uh, those DMI products down into the root zone and do so expeditiously right after your application. The other thing, and I'll let Ray talk about this real quick, but spray volumes are key here too, right? You really want to get those spray volumes up two gallons or better to make this application mm-hmm. particular. Yes, yes. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about a soil-based application, when I do a, an application where I know I need that product down in the soil, I literally have spray equipment that's capable of putting down five to 10 gallons per thousand square foot. Jesus. And and even then, I'm often making that application ahead of an operating irrigation system because I don't want that application to dry on the leaves before I'm able to water in. Okay. And then speaking of watering in, when possible, I also like to have a wetting agent watered in a week or so before I'm planning on doing something like this, just to in- ensure or promote even penetration and distribution of my application when I'm trying to water it in. So it's just things to do that make it work because. I've also read some things about how applying fungicides for, for soil-borne diseases has been very hit and miss, erratic. Uh, some workers say not worth doing, especially in a non-golf turf type situation. I beg to differ because I know on a golf course, hey, if needed, those guys are spraying at higher volumes ahead of a running system. Yeah, totally different you know? story there. So, yeah, it, it's it's tough, and you're right that it's erratic, and it can be just as frustrating. So, and, and I think that's that's the one thing that I think in lawn care that I would I would be very wary about setting expectations for clients. Right? It's because they're going to pay for these fungicide applications early on months before that this is really going to, you know, again, express and show issues. And, you know, you're asking them to take a leap of faith. You're, you know, you're going to make an application that's, you know, fairly expensive in the grand scheme of things. Two of them, in fact. And then if they still see the disease, like then what do you do? So I, if it were me, I would talk to them about sort of the short term, long term, right? The short term is this, we can make these applications and, uh, these can be, you know, reasonably effective uh, at at uh, reducing the amount that we see. Not necessarily completely keeping us clean, but reducing the severity and the amount of uh, disease incidents that we see with the chronic ring spot. Here's the cost on that. 
the long term is, you know, hey, we're going to work on uh, soil manganese levels, right, based on your soil test, and here's the numbers of where you're at, here's where we're going, here's where how we're going to get there. And then the same thing on the pH, right, that we know for a fact that uh, necrotic ring spot and other soil buoyant uh, pathogens are uh, much less severe at pHs, you know, somewhere between 6 and 6.7, you know, something like that. So, again, mm-hmm. it yes. is... Uh, it's that short-term, long-term thing of obviously there's always, you know, uh, idiot customers that don't understand it and just want to see, you know, the cheapest price and that's that. But uh, I've always found that the the ones that you want to work with, right, the people that are, are, are really your people will appreciate that you're coming to them with a plan and helping them understand, okay, what's the, you know, what's the level of investment that I need to put into this and what am I going to get out of it? Uh, or And what's the potential for failure, right? Because Anybody who comes in and says that whatever we do in turf is foolproof, well, they're just full of shit. And fools. Matt, they're Matt, fools. <laughs> they should be laying on their bed licking their feet. Well. You. Yummy. Tastes like Tanactin. Oh. Ick. What else? What else you got for us? <laughs> Great segue, Matt. Yeah. Now I'm. Uh, I just bought a new, uh, an older home, but a new home was last October, and I'm going to renovate. I've already got a real mower ready to go. Jeez. I'm just torn if I want to do like a turf type self rescue or a bluegrass. I'm probably only going to mow an inch and a half to two inches, though. Um. Uh, feedback. Irrigated. Irrigated. Oh, it will be. Yes, it will be. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, then, then bluegrass all, all day long. Bluegrass all day. Yeah. And then you know, if, if you 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 set yourself up right, you know, you put some high pH soil in there, and you know, you 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 get some of that uh, necrotic ring spot uh, pathogen out of your customer's lawn, and you, and you try to recreate some test plots out there. That's what I'd do. Shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You think your lawn's bad? Shit, take a look at mine. Like, I mean, come on. Like, ah. that's, a, that's always that's that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a classic defense mechanism, right there. Is you know, you meet their outrage and exceed it. Matt does this all the time. He's very good at it. He's 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 a natural, in fact. Right? <laughs> you know, you're mad. You're mad about your necrotic ring spot. Let me show you my fucking necrotic ring spot. All right? <laughs> Don't you talk to me about that. All right? It's a sore subject. <laughs> My mm-hmm. mom's lawn. You want to talk about my mom's lawn with a chronic ring spot? I will take you over there and show you right now. She'll make a steak and eggs. But first, we're going to make This is a question for you, for, for you more, Ryan. My ex-wife sold the house. I had that house set up beautifully, and I had a... Oh, don't be. Um, we're good. We're actually really good friends. Um... I had an ET, an old ET Rainbird, ET manager, as, uh, and it, was, it worked beautifully. But I, here in Utah, I think someone bought up bought the data, and then I have no signal anymore. But the only one signal I have is historical. So I'm, I'm trying to find out a really good ET type timer controller for my when I redo my system. I, uh, I love the old ET. Man. I'm I'm not up on the homeowner ones, but I know the the, the ratio or the ratio R A C H I O they have 
Rachio, yeah, the Rachios are ones. Uh, okay, I actually prefer a different one that is a lot less gimmicky and is actually linked to a weather station that let me guess you put outside. Is it the Hunter Hydro? Like, you... Solar Sync. Oh, Hunter Solar Sync. Hunter Solar Sync. I mean, I I like that it is monitoring conditions on site week by week, day by day, and it is not depending on data from a weather station that may be in the next town that may be totally irrelevant to your actual microclimate. You see, if somebody tells me they want to monitor ET temperatures, etc., I don't want the damn weather station that is miles away from that site. I don't want that. I mean, if we're going to talk about monitoring uh, parameters, I want it on that actual site and from nowhere else. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, because I've done solar syncs for people and they like them because the solar sync just starts to do some of the adjustments that I would otherwise do, like dial back the amount of irrigation per week uh, according to conditions. like. During the wet season here in Hawaii, it starts to cut back the time drastically. But then, of course, when it's 91 degrees and it hasn't rained in months, it easily dials the irrigation back up. And so it also has a built-in rain sensor. So if you actually get a rain event, it just shuts the system down. And then delays until it's dry. Simple, yeah. And that's a lot like the ET manager was. I mean, it wasn't an on-site weather station, but I had a brain mm-hmm. for it. It worked a lot. Hey, I they were a pain in the ass to work with to get them set up and dialed into the, those specific conditions. But once you had it, I didn't mess with that ET manager for eight years. And then mm-hmm. every time you go to look at it, it's like I can't remember how I did this shit. <laughs> well, they keep you they keep like you guessing. It does. It does. I think that's all I got I for you, boys. I thought I, I thought we thought we lost you for a second. Yeah, I thought all my right. screen is jerky. I thought I, I dropped. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Please call back in the future. Let us keep us up to date on all the uh, various projects we're working on, and uh, we'll see we'll see how this ends up. Yeah, and I think I'm scheduled in October for you guys as a guest. Nice. Hey. One of the last ones before we go to Louisville. Yep. And I will be in Louisville. You will be. Hey, smoking yeah. ain't right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. You short weeks away. Wait, 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 let's, let's just do a week's count on that. Uh, that's a one, two, three. 
We four? four, five, six, seven, six, eight, nine, nine weeks eight, from tonight, nine. boys. We will be oh my god on the stage. Matt will oh probably have his shirt god. off by that point. We'll have <laughs> neck chains on his nipple rings. I mean, yeah. Pack your drinking am... shoes because it's going to be extra sloppy. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. It's uh, sir, great time. Thank you for calling in. Uh, for everybody else playing along at home, we are going to call this. We're going to head on over to our show after the show. For those of you that are wondering, what that is you can check it out patreon.com forward slash burn return. You get access to some of the things we do offline, and then of course our special events, uh, our private Discord server. We get to hang out with us. Private Zoom events where you get to hang out with us, and uh, and you know access to like maybe hanging out in Louisville, 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 Louisville. Louisville. Uh, yeah, so by the way, and before, so that way nobody gets their feelings hurt. This is going to be adult talk among adults, and uh, and it's probably going to be some indecent humor and maybe a bad word or two, and maybe a complete and total mental breakdown by the end of it, but that has yet to happen, and I doubt tonight will be the night because, you know, at the end of the day, I am way more mentally stable than I play online for the most part. For the most part. That's not entirely true. All right. uh, We're headed to the show after the show. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. See ya.